everybody welcome to episode 66 of the handsome hockey podcast brought to you from evan's basement next to a raging rave of <laughs> brought to you we in that club evan's neighbors have really shitty taste in music so How if it's fine. you hear any in the background i promise you it's not me it's actually my mixtape i'm just sliding it in there in the edit afterwards <laughs> you have like a, hey did you did you know that i'm a dj mm, dj e-waste it, it's fine we're, we're in the basement we're kind of garage banding it a little bit uh it smells like hockey down here because well we just played a game last night and my gear is hanging up right next to us you get that extra authenticity people may say hey guys you live in a modern American metropolis. Why are you in the basement? Well, that's because the sun is right outside <laughs> and it is it, killing starfish again. It is roasting that modern American metropolis we call Portland into a crisp this week. And it's not like the last time we recorded in the basement is the day that it got to 117. It's not quite that this year. It's like merely like 100. I don't want to be a part of that. So in the basement we are, thank God we have that lovely thermal mass around us and uh, some nice cooling concrete walls. Speaking of things that are hot, I'm Jake, this is Evan, and, well, all of Canada is on fire. Yeah, I mean, not just speaking of this heat wave, but there is some serious shit going down with their hockey community. Yeah, we're we're going to spend pretty much the entirety of this episode talking about terrible things and so, talking about terrible uh, things we're gonna put this warning out there ahead of time we're not gonna go into like super specifics about any events however mm-hmm. we are going to be talking a lot about sexual assault in mm-hmm. this episode so if that is something that uh triggers you or you want to refrain from hearing just have a heads up uh we're gonna talk about what's going down in calgary here for a little bit and then after that it's gonna be all shitty business so not a whole lot of jokes not a whole lot of fun but unfortunately it's shit that we really need to talk about shitty business known sequel to risky business but that's on uh (laughs) scatbook.com so for living daylights which was going to be the title of this episode until all the shitty things happened in canada so um, i mean they've been happening for a while it just kind of came to a head this week all of the stuff that was like festering just beneath the like the waves reared its ugly loch ness monster head and and yelled sexual assault allegations out into the ether and it turns out most of them are true but we're going to keep burying the lead because uh that's what we were told to in English class to keep your interest. So Calgary has endured the departure of its now two top star players from its fairly robust playoff appearances last season. Matthew Kachuk traded to Florida on top of Johnny Gaudreau's departure to Columbus. And wow, like what a position that GM was put in. Well, he got a return. He got Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Wieger. Uh, along with some other kind of draft picks exchanged in relation for Matthew Kachuk. So I don't know that, you know, what do you make of the situation? 
I so Brad Tree Living has kind of made himself out as a guy who's not afraid to swing for the fences, right? We've got him and like Jarmo Jack Hekalainen mm-hmm. and you know maybe uh, Iserman, like a couple of Joe Sackick guys. Well, people that seem like they have like they swing for the fences, sure, but they have like a plan, and so yes. like the floor of their trades and their moves are, is very very high but then they also go for that high ceiling yeah we're not talking about chuck fletcher here we're <laughs> yeah talking about established gms who have done a really great job of you know swinging for the fences and oftentimes hitting that home run in this right. case that home run right now is like an in the park home run potentially <laughs> uh jonathan huberdo and mackenzie Weger are both unrestricted free agents after this year right so if neither of them resign in Calgary, this is a pretty big loss unless they win the cup this year. Or unless they're traded for the assets that a rental Huberto Uyghur plus the chance to resign them might be worth. Like there are some people, a lot of pundits I've seen, you know, typically the more stat head types have said, if they sign Huberto, they're going to lose this trade. If they flip Huberto for... 2023 first to 2023 first something insane like that that huberto could fetch well now you're in business brad you know yeah it's going to be we're not going to know who won this trade for a couple of years i think at least yeah for sure at least three or four depending on what happens with huberto and people are like oh yeah and mackenzie we like he's a first pairing defenseman oh absolutely very and and a young one at that who's not exactly cost controlled, but he's a he's a probably top twenty defenseman in the league. Yeah, like <laughs> Brad Tree Living like, gave up probably his second best player. Well, his first best player after Gaudreau left, mm-hmm. and a twenty four year old at that, and a fourth rounder for the dude who was third in the league in scoring last season, mm-hmm. equaling the exact same amount of points as Johnny Gaudreau. Right, set the NHL record for most assists by a left winger in a season but most importantly executed the first sign in trade in nhl history uh according to brad true living yes yeah because uh, uh, i mean matthew kachuk before they traded him technically they re-signed him to a max eight-year deal right uh which i would want to know like how that negotiation goes like it's like having your ex's future new boyfriend that you've uh, only just met negotiate with you to re-sign your ex to some years but only to be dealt to them <laughs> yeah it if i was bradford living when matthew signed the contract i would have been like ha gotcha bitch you're you're a flame for life now well it and sounds like <laughs> just as a joke like just as a joke to watch matthew kachuk's eyes just <laughs> bulge out of his head and be like there's no deal with florida gotcha bitch well and i I think that like the definition of a sign in trade means that that can't happen but yes i love that joke (laughs) (laughs) um it it, the other super funny thing that or i mean there's a lot of funny things that came of this uh matthew kachuk instantly said well i hate tampa now that was pretty funny (laughs) yeah like 
cool. <laughs> it's like, well, you're from St. Louis, so it... everybody hates you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who who is St. Louis's natural enemy? State of Illinois, uh, Chicago, like nice things. <laughs> Minneapolis, yeah, like Iowa City, places that don't suck. <laughs> Oh, come on. St. Louis is pretty great. No, it's, it's not. It's, I've been there. It's terrible. It's it's a it's a ep- epitome of a streaky city. There was, are parts was, of St. Louis that are cool. Parts I was told that are just not to walk not. down the street. Otherwise, I'd get stabbed. I was like, oh, fun. Ah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to the South, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said the South because there are a lot of Missourians, Missouans, Missourians. Oh, that's a hill I will die on. Missourians. They are the South. They are the South. They fought for the Confederacy. We have talked about this probably at least two or three times because I will also die on that hill. And Uh, Homer Simpson's grandfather also quoted as. Yes. (laughs) He would not recognize the state of Missouri. The only people who think that Missouri is a Midwestern state are white Missourians who are trying to like mm-hmm. whitewash their slaveholding past. People that have made their own Missouri compromise. <laughs> All right. Anyways, so yeah, it, this is a huge, huge trade. Uh, one that could have repercussions across the league for a long time. Uh, Florida all of a sudden has a relatively thin blue line, I would like to say, because, I mean, they have Aaron Eckblad, who's awesome, but then after that, it's like Brandon Montour. and Well, Brandon Montour has some ability, but he's kind of a guy you got to shelter. Is Eckblad healthy? I can't... I... Yeah, he played in the playoffs. Okay. But he's not, like, completely healthy. Um, I don't know. He's someone, like... He played in the playoffs. In my head... Aaron Eckblad is someone who now is like continuously injured for some reason. But only at the end of the year. Right. Like two thirds of the way through the year, he's going to break something horrifically and then he'll just pop back up in the playoffs. And Uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what happens with Florida here. Um, We shouldn't uh, continue without recognizing the other player in this trade, Cole Schwint, who sounds like a brand of milk that you get delivered to your door. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just drop it on my doorstep, ring the doorbell. I'll come out and get it. Oh, and a first rounder. Yeah, Jesus and Christ. And a first rounder. Like in like 2025, Florida doesn't have a first round pick until 2026. Yeah, I love now. it. I, fr- I think it was Cam Robinson or some, somebody who's brilliant on hockey Twitter tweeted uh, somewhere in middle school. The next Florida Panthers first round draft pick <laughs> is, you know, like, uh, I forget how he phrased it, but I'm going to say like grew his first pube. Ooh, yeah, that's just middle school. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, one, I, I'm not like, I'm really only telling this story to delay the inevitable, which is that we have to dive into some awful stuff here I mean, in a second. But this the, is some good procrastination time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. My, I, I was, I was on hockey Twitter, and the Florida Panthers are, let's just say, like a delusional fan base. Oh yeah. Oh they, yeah. I can't wait to have my friend who's a Panthers fan on at some point. Cause I feel like it's just going to be a trip. Like they were talking about what they could do because now that their defense is depleted about what they could do to get Jacob Chicker in. 
uh, who... No, that's (laughs) not who you want. Don't mortgage more fucking future for now. Like, he's good, sure, but Jacob Chikrin is not... He's not solving all your problems. No. He's a very good player. He may not even solve much of anything. He's also very cost-controlled, though. Sure. But, yeah, if you got to give up a lot to get Jacob Chikrin. Unless you're a Florida Panthers fan, in which case you think that you can trade Anton Liddell, very good young player. Sure. And Patrick Hornquist's bulging contract straight up for Jacob Chikrin. No. No. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. So sorry. Like, that's that's not how this works. First <laughs> that's off, not how any of this works. <laughs> the, the GM in... Is it Armstrong is the GM yeah. in uh, Coyote Land um, in Tempe? He has said it's going to be a good young player, a top prospect, and a first-round pick. Like, right. that's the deal. You'd have had better luck just asking Vegas for Alex Petrangelo. Like, Anton Lundell and, like, Patrick Hornquist's somewhat serviceable remainder of his hawker career is not going to get that deal done sorry florida panthers fans you're wrong i mean there are defensemen around that could maybe help them out absolutely can i name any of them off the top of my head absolutely not uh i could have traded for tony d'angelo yeah i mean maybe that was what they didn't <laughs> want to do although he might he might feel at home in florida <laughs> chuck chuck Fletcher I mean, beat him to the punch man. yeah they you know, might have been an awesome landing spot for Brent Burns. Uh, maybe they could try and pry Marc Edouard Vlasic from San Jose because San Jose really, like, Mike Greer knows the score. He should be able to tear it down. Like, it, so, yeah, there, there's some mining to be done in the San Jose defensive core. Uh, there's some other free agent defensemen around that are decent enough to maybe make that Mackenzie Weger shaped hole look a little bit filled but PK Subin's just sitting out there. Ooh, that that has Florida written all over it. Right. They could bring back Anton Strawman, uh Calvin DeHaan still unsigned, uh, Danny DeKaiser. Oh yeah, I mean speaking of Calvin DeHaan, I bet Chicago would let them have uh Murphy, Connor Murphy for a song and a dance. <laughs> For, I mean, they could try and sign John Klingberg. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they've got options. They don't have that kind of room. No. But Klingberg, Klingberg wants to get paid. Yeah. So, even if it's in Buffalo. I really like what Buffalo did this. Year. No, I know. Anyway. And imagine Buffalo with like a John Klingberg. Owen and Power, John Klingberg, Rasmus Ristol. Ras- yeah, Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah. Rasmus Ristolainen, and most importantly, gone. I can't really hear the name Rasmus Ristolainen without pronouncing it in my head like Rasmus Ristolainen. I can't despite hear that the fact name. that he's not German at all. I can't hear that name without imagining him running into the fucking it's boards, so <laughs> just taking himself out. I can just play that clip over and over and over again. It's so good. It's a classic. All right, shall we go to the dark side? Uh, I mean, shall we follow Canada to the dark side? Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's have that fun. Let's uh, let's play muckraker and just bitch about hockey culture for a minute. Yeah, or maybe an hour. <laughs> yeah, maybe an hour uh, if we're lucky, or if my editing skills are lucky. Um, so 
Jake for Tannen, uh, as of this writing earlier today, July 26, was found not guilty of sexually assaulting a then 18-year-old woman in a Vancouver hotel room. Uh, before I go any further on this, I think it's really important to point out that not guilty does not mean is innocent. Absolutely. Like, it's really, there's a, there's some real legalese in there, but like, this is not this legal verdict that says he does not have to like do more in this like civil suit does not obscure the fact that this woman was this woman did sexual acts in a hotel room against her will with Jake for Yeah. And the fact that it was messy on the evidentiary side and difficult trial uh doesn't take anything away from the accuser in that that we we believe survivors we believe accusers and uh there's you know there was evidence that couldn't be entered at trial essentially that you know he's maybe not he's maybe done this before that we uh we we've spoken before that you know when this these allegations first came to light and we reported on them. We were contacted by a a number of uh, entities uh, in like the social media Mm -hmm. world who help survivors very specifically in the Vancouver area. And that this is very much not a one-off sort of event. Um, Right. And, And it sucks, especially knowing that, well, the person that went, the whole way and went to the police and, and did things the right way uh, to the best of their ability. It doesn't really have anything to show for at this point. You know, the law does protect or it intends to protect the innocent. Uh, you know, you have an innocence and self proven guilty. Um, but the preponderance of evidence against Jake for generally asserts that he probably has done something wrong. And yeah, it, it's tough to see someone go away without any sort of consequences other than, I mean, his, his hockey career is probably shot at this point. I would, would feel, I would be hard pressed to believe that a GM would touch him for, at least for a year. He wasn't I, I, very good beforehand. He's not going to play in the NHL this year, but I think that's more along the lines of he wasn't very good. He wasn't very then. good. He was expensive. Yeah. He, I mean, you know, Right. It's going to, maybe he'll go fucking play in the KHL or some shit. Again, yeah. That's where he played last year. Yeah. But um, getting back to the trial, um, as is often the case in sexual assault trials, the credibility of the accuser is, was, you know, dragged through the mud and in an attempt to discredit them. Uh, we're, we're just going to name the, the attorney here. Brock Martland was Jake for attorney. Um, he's a, he seems like a real piece of shit. I mean, he's an attorney, so that's kind of a given, but at Plus the same his name time, is Brock. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he's probably like standing on a street corner with like a Winchester rifle in his <laughs> hand, like an oaf slung over his shoulder, like smoking a Chesterfield or some shit with like a square jaw. Watch. He's probably like some pudgy Canadian guy, but, uh, <laughs> they always he always are. He 
had the gall to ask the accuser while on the stand why she didn't tell Jake Vertanen that she was either on her period or had a yeast infection if she really didn't want to have sex with with him. The claimant's response, uh, the accuser's response, and all the credit in the world to them uh, said, I thought saying no, I don't want to do this, and physically pushing him off of me was enough. What else did I have to say? Yeah, like, oh, why weren't you better at uh, not getting raped? Yeah. Uh, no means no. Yeah. Consent can be withdrawn at any point. Right. And fuck Jake for Tannen. Right. You don't have and to. And his lawyer. Right. You shouldn't have to say, yeah, my vagina has teeth to get out of, you know. The Gilgamesh vagina is full of teeth. Yeah. To get out of unwanted sexual contact. Like, it, it's absolutely unconscionable that a, a, that a, a jury let this guy walk. I mean, that's this is, you know, highlights part of the problem with these types of proceedings is that it's very easy to victim blame and make a victim look, you know, like they don't have the evidence together. Like they maybe had their, didn't have their brain screwed on. Right. Like it's super fucking awful the way that lawyers just casually do this and, and make, and make people that were, legitimately traumatized have to account for every minute of a timeline and like, Oh, then try and catch them in some sort of lie or, or half truth or something when in the reality is they were going through a traumatic experience. And, you know, this is one of the reasons that our legal systems have such a awful rate of conviction even when we charge these people is because, you know, our, our legal system is not really built to get the truth of the situation. It's, it's, it's built to do something different. Yeah. And I mean, you put the, you kind of hit the nail on the top of the head, like the, the, the defense in these cases always kind of goes out to, destroy the credibility and the humanity of the right. victim in order to make this person who has done this inhumane, unconscionable act right. look more standard. Right. Than- so tell me, did uh, you ever consider planting a claymore mine in your vagina? No? No, I... Uh, I you're I, saying I, you wanted it? Or... Oh, so where what happened between eight twenty six and thirty six seconds p.m. and eight twenty six and forty eight seconds p.m. Uh, I think we were in the room. Oh well, what else did you misremember? Oh, sorry, you were in another room. Obviously, this proceedings need to end. Uh, find my defendant not guilty. You know, it, the the evidentiary standard for sexual assaults. I mean, we knew this. We knew this going in. We talked about this episodes ago when this first came out is like, this is going to be a tough prove. And sure. There was some, some wavering, some slightly conflicting statements. Uh, that's par for the course, but our legal system doesn't account for that. Canada's legal system does not, you know, does the same things. It, it doesn't allow for actual true representation 
of the situation that a survivor is going through. And until we make serious changes, that's going to continue to be the case. And Evan touched on this earlier, uh, but hopefully Jake Furtanen never skates on an NHL rink again. Like he immediately released a statement saying, I can't wait to resume my hockey career and my dream of playing in the NHL. And it's like, no buddy, you raped a girl, probably more. You shouldn't be allowed to play in the NHL anymore. Yeah. Or if he makes it to the NHL, like hopefully like Radko Gudas is there to stare him the fuck down and make him pay. Hi Jake. My name's Radko. (laughs) Radko Gudas. Prepare to die. Do you know what that means? <laughs> uh, means I average like three point five hits per game, and I'm a fantasy monster. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I I there's a scene in uh, I think it's Claude Van Damme's Time Cop, <laughs> where he's chasing this criminal through like an airport or a mall or something, and he somehow gets in front of the criminal and stops and does this like kick, high kick, and the the criminal stops like with his face, like in the boot, like just like in, just in front of the boot. And he says like, what does my boot say? And he's like, that's Arnold, not John. Clinton, but he's like, he's like, uh, Wolverine, you know, the, the boot brand. He goes, read between the lines. He goes, I should get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like Jake for should get the fuck out of here. Yeah. For real. Go play fucking, I don't know. Roller hockey in another country. Uh, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to disparage any countries. So, like, a country that sucks. Whatever, whatever one. Russia? The U.S.? <laughs> Damn! <laughs> yeah. What's the worst insult you can tell to someone? I hope your favorite book gets made into a movie with a terrible cast. I hope your favorite book is Atlas Shrugged, <laughs> and everybody knows you are a piece of shit. Okay, well, that's Matt Getz, but uh, next? Uh, anyways, uh, so, yeah, we're going to move on here, but uh, let the, I mean, this this all around sucks, and I really hope, I don't have a whole lot of hope, but I really, like with what little hope I have left that the NHL does something right, I really hope Jake Vertanen doesn't get another shot. But I also know that if he never plays a game in the NHL be- again, it's going to be because he's not very good, it, not because yeah. he's a shitty person. Right. It, it would be amazing if the NHL came out and said, you know, on the facts of the case we side with the accuser and you're banned for life. Like that would be fucking amazing. Like would they do that? Not in a chance. They haven't banned Slava Voinov for life. So I I doubt they're going to do that for Jake Vertanen. Yeah. They're they're very happy to welcome Logan Mayu to their fucking player pool. Like, yeah, I know I'm wishful thinking, but I appreciate your pie in the sky. Uh, mentality evan um i also appreciate ballet yeah i i just appreciate pie ballerinas don't eat pie because they have to maintain a slender figure in order to remain you know able to be caught and twirl and the reason i bring up ballerinas though is because uh the billionaire owner of the edmonton oilers daryl katz has been accused of paying an underage one 
for sexual liaison. No, for real? He fucking paid a ballerina? 75K is the reported figure. I mean, that's like a whole year at NYU. Before we dive into this any further, we should probably say that in reading over the facts of this case, I'm not exonerating anybody, but it does kind of sound like maybe Daryl Katz didn't pay an underage ballerina 75k to have sex with her but we don't know just like as we go through the case here a little bit but um, the, the patterns fucking fit well yeah rich old white man wants ballerina to have sex with him goes here's all the money mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's i mean did i say daryl Katz? i meant donald trump i mean daryl Katz. daryl Katz. yeah <laughs> there we go daryl Katz hasn't actually been accused by the woman who was reportedly assaulted underage. Right. Daryl Katz was named in a as a third party in a counterclaim to a sexual assault civil suit that was brought against Mitchell and Dusty Button. So Dusty was the, tried to sew himself back on. <laughs> well, Dusty was the premier ballerina for the uh, in Boston, uh, and Mitchell is her husband. Several of their former ballerina, like, students slash, like, protégés, apprentices, whatever you want to call it, have stated that the Buttons have spent decades sexually assaulting multiple young female dancers across the United States. Um, One of those uh, in this lawsuit is Sage Humphreys, who was... Uh, also in this dance program uh, Mm -hmm. in Boston, as part of the counterclaim, the Buttons have asserted, one, that their relationship with Sage Humphreys was consensual, two, that it didn't start until after she was 18, and three, that she initiated the relationship. Hmm. Uh, That is strongly contested in the original claim by Sage Humphreys and six others. As another part of that counterclaim, though, they stated that Daryl Katz, along with two other older men, uh, basically sex trafficked Sage Humphreys across the country uh, and that Daryl Katz specifically paid Sage Humphreys $75,000 for sex. The Puttons also claimed that Humphreys' mother assisted in laundering the money from cats and that they were all in on this like sex trafficking griff scheme and that Humphreys' mother is like a notorious griff ball. Like, <laughs> is always, yeah, it's fucking wild. Um, for their part, both Daryl Katz and Sage Humphreys have denied that there was ever a sexual relationship between the two of them. The only evidence that the Buttons have put forth to suggest that Daryl Katz was part of some like sex trafficking scheme with this young woman is a couple of text messages that they have like pictures of. And they're in that old school iMessage format that is like mm-hmm. hilariously easy to doctor. And yeah. like also, it doesn't say, it does say that Daryl Katz is paying her money. It doesn't say what it's for. And quote unquote, landscaping. Yes. <laughs> but what it, 
the the assertion from Humphreys and Daryl Katz is that Sage Humphreys and a number of her ballerina friends were shopping a movie that they had created and written that was about life in like the ballet. Black Swan and, and that, Two, uh, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Black Swan Two, White Swan. <laughs> um, Blacker Swan. <laughs> <laughs> swanner and swanier uh <laughs> too swan too furious this is all of this is super fucked up this is crazy this is, is this... like this is literally some soap opera shit and then some uh it's like if you like further exposed florida to the world <laughs> Like, but it's Canada. I'm surprised Matt Getz hasn't been. No, the, uh, these are all Americans, actually, except for Daryl Katz. Um, right, and and he's the, the moneyed interest at true, the center yeah. of this and the but connection like, to hockey. I'm surprised Matt Getz hasn't been named in this as of yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, if anybody... I mean, he's probably surprised, too. He's like, whew, I could have gotten into some ballerina for 75 grand. <laughs> he's like, that was my dream. Yeah. We're not going to speculate on who or what or anything that happened here if any of it is true it's fucking ape shit and i mean i hope that it's like the beginning of the star wars 7 it's all true <laughs> like i that's what i am fucking hoping well, i like, mean i hope that this young woman didn't get sex trafficked like that would be great so there's uh th- that's enough of the edmonton oilers bullshit there's no real easy way to lead into this, and I honestly don't really feel like making a wisecracking joke to lead into what we're about to talk about. So yeah, we're just going to say we're about to talk about Hockey Canada. Again, fair warning. This is about sexual assault, and it's grisly. We're not going to go into nitty-gritty details. That's not what this podcast is about. Um, and also I really don't want to talk, spend my Tuesday evening talking about that, uh, any more than I have to, but we got to talk about it, but we got to talk about hockey Canada. Uh, so we're just going to, we're going to start with like, kind of like a quick recap. Uh, Mm. if you want a more in-depth recap of what happened in 2018, our episode 63 has a very long segment on the events again, not in great in like graphic detail but Mm -hmm. a much more detailed uh retelling of the events and also just go look up rick westhead and read (laughs) his writing yeah you should be doing that anyways he and probably katie strang are like the two best hockey journalists in the world right now for real and uh read everything that they write um like please a quick recap on what happened in 2018 um in 2018, following a uh, World uh, Canada Hockey event, uh, there were eight unnamed hockey as as of yet unnamed hockey players from the 2018 World Juniors team uh, who uh, sexually assaulted a young woman in a hotel room in London, Ontario. In April, it came to light that this woman had filed suit a civil suit against. Those eight still unnamed John Doe players. A very savvy suit that like comes with a very uh, cloak of secrecy for them, but also their suit can only go so far. So it's a very 
interestingly filed suit. Um, the reason this came about was that Rick West had found that the suit was settled mm-hmm. and that um, a, like a payment had been made. Uh, reportedly, it's around three and a half million dollars. Right. And that once that came out, Rick Westhead did what Rick Westhead does and got in on the nitty gritty details. Yeah. And it, it like that it only got out at the settlement phase is a testament to how secret this whole fucking thing was. Like Rick Westhead is the Doberman. And he, it, if you only give him a settlement announcement, like that is, that's saying something. This was done about Very as hush, hush. yeah about as clandestinely as you can do a lawsuit it really kind of shows the power that hockey canada has in canada and i mean it's savvy because the people that filed the suit you know, they didn't go for everything but they went strategically and and they went for what they could do without traumatizing the person filing the suit further yes. like that's that's the brilliance in the whole thing uh, and they were able to get a substantial judgment without really like naming a ton of names. Like that's the, you know, that's the bugaboo for us. So we're just like left guessing. So there's this whole like cottage industry that's sprouted up around trying to figure out who was in the room for this gang rape scenario and who could have possibly have been in the room. A whole lot of players have come out and said that they weren't and couldn't have been there. Um, Hockey Canada and the London, Ontario police launched investigations during both of these investigations. uh, Hockey players were not required to participate. Apparently they just weren't doing a good job. Yeah. And fucking benders in the police department over there. uh, Well, they're everywhere. (laughs) Um, And then uh, at least in Canada, they don't shoot black people at will. Um, I mean, actually they do. Damn. That's right. Just uh, less often than the Americans yeah, do. Significantly less often, but, you know, still it will. Um, the victim also declined to participate or press charges, and so investigations were closed. Um, we'll get into the more nitty, finer details of the Hockey Canada investigation here in a little mm-hmm. bit. But um, just note that the victim in both of these instances declined to participate or press charges. Which... Is common, very common. Common and uh, part, you know, key to the way they go about this being a, a novel and interesting way that got them a pretty good result without a ton of extra trauma. Is this the way that we should be dealing with these things? Absolutely fucking not. Like, yeah. Like, people should be in jail. Right. These victims should be empowered to come forward and tell the full truth, and their perpetrators should be dr- brought to full pound me in the ass prison justice however the world we live in yeah gives us this and exactly in in the world that we do live in this victim did a pretty good job of maintaining their anonymity Mm -hmm. which is maybe why charges were never pressed because i think it was they very much wanted to remain anonymous i think it was like yeah that that's the opposite side of the same card. Like right. in order to remain anonymous, you're not going to be able to press charges because you can't make a criminal complaint, but you can do this in a civil suit without naming names. You can sort of say anonymous. That's yeah. Uh, 
what's interesting is this represents a roadmap for future suits to be successful and turn Hockey Canada into like the fucking Boy Scouts and just bankrupt them. Speaking of uh, future suits, uh, we're going to have to step back to the past for a second, but there might be future suits involved. Legends of future past. <sighs> uh, the on Friday, so that was July 22nd, I believe. This is all coming so fucking fast. The, this week has just been insane. It's been fucking nuts. I'm really glad that I waited until like six hours ago to write this script because uh, I would have had to rewrite the whole fucking thing. So yeah, it, 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 and it's like, it's like every couple hours you read something or you text me something and you're just like, what? What? I get I get a text back like because Evan's actually busy at his job. And so like I get a text back like an hour and a half later and then it just says, fuck me or <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> and I was just like, yep. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, like, that's it. Fewer words say more these days. Which I'm not good at. I, I <laughs> Brevity is not my strong suit. Anyways. That uh, Hemingway guy. Just yeah. read that Hemingway guy. Yeah. I'm more of a Raymond Carver guy myself. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, so in 2003 in Halifax, Nova Scotia, uh, there are reports that have recently surfaced that at least half a dozen players from the 2003 World Junior Team uh, perpetrated a very similar event. The police in Halifax have stated that they are opening an investigation into these allegations. Uh, the day before the announcement, uh, so Thursday, the police received a report related to the incident, and uh, basically it was, um, yeah, there's a video. Wow. Yeah, so... Hockey Canada released a statement that a few weeks prior they had heard a rumor about something bad at the 2003 World Juniors and hired a third-party investigator, as is often the case when a third-party investigator is hired by and loyal to those who might be the guilty party. They were unable to find anything. It took Rick Westhead about an hour and a half to find shit. Uh, because he's basically Merlin. Yeah, and we, like we have investigated ourselves and uh, found that we did nothing wrong. And Rick Westhead says, um, actually, not so fast, my friends. Hockey Canada has since stated that they will cooperate with any investigation. Um, and I call bullshit. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, they're they're fire, they're asses to the fire at this point. They might have to. Uh, well, that's a curious question is like okay when when these people fucking start to get with the program and realize hey if you're going to get better if this sport is going to do any sort of growth like you need to get you need to get good with with morality you need you know you need to get good with your conscience you need to fucking get like honest we haven't reached that point yet. Like it, it, we're still in the doubling down on lies. We're still in the doubling down on, you know, throwing shades, still doubling down on putting people in the dark. And, you know, it, it's indicative that we're investigating this incident from three years ago. And then, Oh, it comes out, Hey, the same fucking thing happened 15 years ago. 
and it ain't come of it. People have had entire NHL careers in the span of the time that you forgot about this gang rape that was probably videotaped. Uh, it was 100% videotaped. I mean, yeah. I'm saying probably because uh, video in 2003 might just show a whole lot of pixels. Very so, uh, you know, we didn't have iPhones yet. No. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know. As, as a like. guy who like probably took some cell phone videos in 2003 of something, uh, I don't know if I would know what they were today. Is that a bear fighting a mountain lion? No, that's my nephew. <laughs> that's a, my nephew's first birthday party. Bat. What are you talking about? Uh, wow. A uh, bear and a mountain lion. Wow. Actually, now that you say that, I can see it. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, tomorrow or yesterday, depending on how long it takes me to get this edited, uh, July 27th, uh, Hockey Canada is going to be once again in front of Parliament ask, answering questions about this incident specifically. It's such a big fucking thing. They have brought in Parliament. Well, the whole I band. Mean, the whole band. Wait, did they bring in Funkadelic? Yes. Oh, at the same time. Thank God. George Clinton is asking them all of the questions. What, what good is Parliament if you can't bring the funk? Okay, but for real, they brought in the fucking Canadian Parliament to... I can't imagine the Canadian parliament is terribly hard hitting. Like I would wish it was like the British parliament. <laughs> Which is would, amazing. Like the British parliament would fucking, they would destroy hockey. Canada. If this were English football. It oh would, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Hockey Canada would be nuked from 10,000 feet in the air. If fucking British parliament were allowed to, to have hearings on hockey Canada. But I mean, well, I mean, parts of the, uh, they're still part of the Commonwealth. So yeah, but they don't hit hard like the Brits do. Um, so TSN, uh, mostly Rick Westhead, has corroborated the story of the original person who reached out to an MP, uh, which is Jesus like a Christ. Canadian senator. Yeah. Um, John Nader is his name. With uh, regards to the allegations, the existence of this video was then corroborated by two others who have seen it. Reportedly, and this is, this is the only kind of nitty gritty bits we're going to stay um, so, um, if you're listening and you don't want to hear this, maybe fast forward like a minute. And we're, we're recounting official transcripts. Here. Yes. This of, is not, yeah. uh, you know, we try and insert some levity into these very dark and despicable instances, but like this shit is, produ uh, is produced without comment. Yeah, this is, uh, this is actually what happened. So fast forward a minute from here. Reportedly, the video opens with a as-of-yet unnamed player who um, was on camera, full, full face, basically doing a like, fake post-game interview mm. where in like, answering questions from whomever is holding the camera. Whomever is holding the camera is still... Uh, unnamed and then like as at the culmination of this fake interview states that viewers were about to see a fucking lamb roast he then opens a door and there's video of about a half dozen hockey players taking turns having sex with a woman on a pool table who is very obviously non-responsive yeah and, and no players involved no players who probably heard what was going on Nobody reported this to the authorities 
except for whoever went to this MP. Things travel. People talk. We talk about the Blackhawk scandal and open secrets. Like, I guarantee you, this was an open secret and a half. And I guarantee you that every member of that 2018 Canada World Junior team knows exactly who the culprits are. Oh, yeah. And is there's a, a code of silence there as well. You're right. The three sources who all corroborated the existence of this this video, one of which whose camera it was, but says that the camera was borrowed that evening and that they were not there and they were not filming. Uh, they said they all said that they never reported the incident to anybody. And they said that they did, they did so because they didn't want to get in trouble. And you know, they're 17, 18 year old kids. What fucking chicken shit behavior. I I don't care how fucking old you are. If you see that shit and you know, it's not right. When the bystander doesn't do the shit that the bystander should do, it burns my fucking gears. I'm sorry. I and I completely agree. We're also looking at this as our men in our mid-30s who are not fearing for our, both our hockey careers and all of our friends and, you know, getting ostracized as teenagers. Like, sure. I'm not I'm not defending their actions. I'm just saying I get why they didn't do it because like 18 year old me or 17 year old me would have probably like, I like to think that I would have done. I would have been like, uh, Hey, uh, there's a rape going on. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I might've not had the wherewithal to like do it during, but after, Oh, I, and I bet, I mean, as these things go, you know, I bet, I bet people tried to like, I bet there were attempts. I bet, they fell on deaf ears like fucking there's a very good like chance. Derek, the, the Derek King character from the Blackhawk scandal. There was one person that tried to do the right thing, but there were six people that didn't want to. And well, what do you think happened? You know, it's like a uh, more sexual assault is what happened. Yeah. It sucks how much this story is just repeated every time. I know you have more to tell me, but it's like, I already know where it's going. Talking about stories being repeated. As is the case with all of this shit, the NHL is looking into allegations and will comment at a further time. I just wish like Anonymous would get involved with this shit and just fucking hack hack everything. If they were a Canadian organization instead of like a borderless organization, they would have already like this would have came out like six years ago. If they gave a shit about hockey. Or sports in general, yeah. Uh, You ask Anonymous like, yeah, sorry, we don't give a shit about hockey. Good luck. Yeah. No, we're trying to take down Russia. And you're like, you're like, ah, fair point. Don't you have like one guy? <laughs> they're like, ah, we can spare Steve. They're like, <laughs> Steve's not very good. They're like, that's why we gave you his name. And that's exactly what the police do with Hockey Canada. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you fucking Steve, Bobby, and Jimmy. Between the two of them, they have negative one years of experience, and we're going to not look into this. And uh, Jimmy's actually a garter snake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's. He's the, the pet. <laughs> he, he, he squirrels away every time you turn on the light. Yeah, he he's a uh, nice guy though. Yeah. Like if you go out to drinks with Jimmy, really cool. Uh not a fan of lights. And also that's why we have to go to dark bars and dark parties and also is legitimately a garter snake. <laughs> uh just, you know. But he's cute. Keep that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's he cute. Brings the chicks. Got yeah. Got some got some nice stripes. With the two, 2018 thing, we know their whereabouts. A whole lot better so there were players that came out and said here's my alibi and well 
that is very believable. That tracks and checks out. Right. And also, like, you probably have fucking, like, Google tracking data to know where their fucking and phone was. Fucking Instagram right. drops and right. Twitter and shit. Like, yeah. Right. 2003, back in the, the age of the rotary phone, it's really hard to take any of these alibis at face value. Even when they're coming from players we like, like Jordan Tutu, you know, people who have been saying good things in the media about other issues like yeah uh really hard to not just indict the whole fucking lot of them to pair with every awful physical crime there's always a bit of a financial crime and this this is like all of this is fucking awful and i i never want to say like this is the worst part of the fucking awful thing well but just this the, is really f- this is yeah you just dig deeper and deeper and deeper and it gets worse and worse and worse like if you like separate into like types of awful there's mm-hmm. like the horrific sexual violence which is just just like just like amongst the most despicable detestable fucking awful thing you can ever like imagine or hear about and then there's this institutionalized acceptance of this Mm -hmm. and to the point where money is set aside to make sure that as these allegations come up there's funding to counter it yeah, and like, I bet whoever set up this slush fund was like, yeah, we're going to put this money away to pay off accusers and make them go away as cheaply as possible. Whereas... 100%. And what's crazy is like, this slush fund was built on the backs of every single hockey player in Canada. You were, if you played in Canada... In the last 20 years, you essentially were paying a rape tax. You, you're, oh, oh God, rape tax. Oh, oh that sat poorly, but I'm yeah, going to keep it Yeah, I mean, it, it, in was, intended, it was intended to sit poorly. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry I had to, to no, burden no, no. you with I'm, that I'm, phrase, I'm but like. 100% on board with the phrasing. It just, uh um, And like, I understand when you have a contingency a financial contingency for whatever, you know, as an organization, you, 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 yeah. I mean, construction, we do it all the time. You have a contingency. You, I've watched so many episodes of property brothers. I know they (laughs) always build in a contingency, right? But this was off the books. And it was taken from like registration fees for like children's hockey events and fundraising dinners. So you had, uh, so it was you essentially had a dark money fund and you if you talk about uh acknowledgement of guilt like the fact that it was off the books is like the fact that the secret service and donald trump deleted all text messages around january 6th like it's like oh there's your fucking sign to quote the blue collar comedy tour Sidney crosby's parents Paid money for him to go to tournaments that later were probably given to victims of sexual assault from Hockey Canada players. Right. And like that's like, let's let's put this in like the biggest Canadian sign ever. And to any watcher of junior hockey 
or you know Canadian hockey, they're unsurprised. Everyone is like, oh yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Like yeah. it that it was that you know seen as that necessary to file away this money behind the scenes so that you know no one needed to know what what they were doing with it when pressed about this slush fund the hockey canada said that they use this money two to three times a year jesus christ and uh they did mention that the uh, the victim in the 2018 case was not paid out of this fund that they had to liquidate assets in order to pay her. And it's like, boo fucking who you turds. Yeah. Somehow every statement, it gets worse. Like it, that's an example of it. Like, Oh yeah, we we've paid out of this fund multiple times a year for decades. And like statistically speaking over that many people, you will have problems. I make parallels with the Boy Scouts because they are having similar horrific debts come due right about this yeah. time. And they're fucking bankrupt because of it. Yeah. Thankfully, I was only a Cub Scout. <laughs> this will have more blowback. You know, this Boy Scouts thing has been decades in the building. And there have been some huge, huge revelations that have come out in the last couple of months. Um we can only expect to see more from this Hockey Canada story. It's going to continue to get worse. We're going to see more incidents. They're talking about paying out of this fund multiple times a year, and we've only heard about two incidents 15 years apart. Hey, there's more. There's more victims. There's a lot of people that aren't coming forward. There's a lot of people that aren't telling the truth. There's a lot of people that aren't doing their jobs, and there are a lot of people that are doing their jobs to protect the people with money. It's it's the same shitty situation we've seen again and again and again. We may never know who the perpetrators are in this event. Although when pressed the woman who is doing the, or sorry, the lawyer who has been hired, who was initially hired in 2018 to do the investigation into this and has now been rehired to finish that investigation. Mm -hmm. They, the, parliament asked her if she knew the identities of the eight uh john does the eight mm -hmm. perpetrators and she you know very law talker speak said yes stepped around it yeah like kind of like said yes without saying yes like she said that um something along the lines of like i don't want to say anything <laughs> to uh to prevent people from coming forward, blah, blah, blah. We don't know who they are, but we don't not know who they aren't. And this kind of ties into the last bit we want to talk about here is that the fallout for this has, like, it hasn't been complete, but it's been swift. Yeah. And, I mean, if Canada is nothing, they're beholden to Lutheran guilt. And, well, they've been moving. And hockey. Yeah, and they've been moving quickly with, with the understanding that, that, you know, there, there are some wrongs that need to be righted here. And like, I will give the Canadian legal system this, that, that they're moving fast and in ways that the American system might not move in this type of situation. Speaking of that investigation in 2018, 10 of the 19 players of the team were interviewed and seven coaches and staff members were also interviewed. Okay. 
the remaining nine players stated at the time that they wanted to wait until the outcome of the investigation from the London, Ontario police. And when that investigation closed with no charges, when the victim declined to press them, they kind of got off scot-free yeah. and didn't have to the the investigation by hockey canada was also closed wow funny when someone fucking plays keystone cops uh all the other pieces fall in where it is convenient yeah no shit now that this investigation both from the london ontario police and hockey canada has been resumed the players that were not initially interviewed are expected now to Mm -hmm. interview and the lawyer who is leading this investigation has started reaching out to like legal teams of these players to start this process hockey canada i mean it's a little fucking late and it's way too little but they have said that any players that refuse to participate in the investigation could face lifetime bans from participating in hockey canada the minimum we're doing the minimum all right. That clap was too fast of a slow clap. They also have said that any player who declines to participate in the investigation will be outed as having declined to participate in the investigation. Again, the, the, the fucking the, the very it's minimum. The bare minimum, but, you know, at least it's something, right? Sure. You have been recognized for doing the bare minimum to support a sexual assault survivor. Congratulations. Hockey Canada has uh, at least temporarily had their funding from the Canadian Bureau of Sport withheld. And a whole lot of sponsors. Yeah, it's $14 million a year just from the federal government. And then a couple of their sponsors, like, I mean, the big ones like BMO Canadian and Tire. Canadian Tire, they have... They've paused their they sponsorships. Paused, yeah, they haven't dissolved their sponsorships, but pause. have paused their sponsorships. Maybe and, indefinitely paused. It was like uh, how how somebody would come in and like the like back end of a B movie to like <laughs> announce like a scene shift. We're gonna put this on pause. They're like if you're you know trying to break up with a college girlfriend, like I'm just I'm gonna put this relationship on pause. You know, until like maybe some some other options come around. Yeah, or like an episode of Love Island. <laughs> The Minister of Sport, Pascal Saint-Ange, which is a glorious Canadian name, yeah, it is. did not go so far as to ask for resina- resignations from the leadership of Hockey Canada, but did, uh, in this like very wily political speak, mm-hmm. uh, implore them to think about whether or not the people who oversaw such a failed moment in Canadian hockey history are the right people to try and fix it. Yeah, I mean, I would wonder the same thing. That is a very good line. Former NHL players and victims' rights organizations have called for everybody to fucking quit, as, you know, I think is, like, totally fair mm-hmm. <laughs> in such a shitty circumstance. Yeah, but then they quit and then they'd, like, appoint someone from this 2003 team or some shit. Hockey Canada has released, and I put this in scare quotes on our script because it's really just fucking scare quotes, an action plan mm-hmm. that includes all of the things they should have already been fucking doing. <laughs> Increased training for players, coaches, and employees about consent masculinity and toxic behavior which in american police speak that means 
give us more money and we'll keep doing the same thing. We've got a war on our hands. No, you're right. the police. There's no war. We got a war on our hands. Um, here's a tank. Honestly, the action plan is a nothing burger. It's full of bullshit. It's things that like, I mean, speaking the- about the bare minimum, this is something that you should have had in place 25 fucking years ago. If something comes to pass from the action plan, good, but it's what should have been the bare minimum for decades. You know, I have no power or authority whatsoever, even over my own life. But <laughs> yeah, everybody should be re- should be resigning or fired. I don't know how you could be allowed to oversee something with the gravitas of this. Well, a Canadian differential and niceness I yeah mean, that's that's the only real explanation yeah. oh well maybe they should retire eh? oh i don't know you know that's right that's a big discussion to right. have whereas fucking hockey canada could make like boris johnson's parliament right now or then fucking get, cease leave, to exist yeah leave them no fucking choice that's one of the amazing things to me in all of this shit is like more people don't just quit and say fuck this this is fucked up i'm done we need to do better for our kids. We've failed and I'm not a part of the, the, the solution. Like, I don't understand why there aren't more heads rolling. Maybe British people just have more conscience. I don't know. But like, if, is there no political skin to be saved here for Hockey Canada? Like, it, it, are they go- really trying to circle the wagons and have nobody fall on the sword? It seems that way. It seem, That seems like an impossibility. And at some point, there will be a scapegoat and at some point some head roll. Uh, will it be enough? Probably not. Never. Will, will this happen again? Probably. Even after all of this shit, which that's what sucks so much about it is I don't believe any of these groups have the ability to consequentially prevent something like this from happening again. Until it is profitable for them to do so. Right. They won't. Until Until their own livelihoods are at stake, they won't. And right now, they have a little bit of fear about their livelihoods being put on the chopping block. And so, they released an action plan. Mm -hmm. And so, that's why we're seeing. But as long as, and we saw this in Chicago as well, Mm -hmm. as long as you feel safe, you will do the bare minimum to disrupt the system that makes you feel safe and i don't know why i'm pointing to the right so much (laughs) but i am you will do the bare minimum to upset this system that has created your comfort and you're giving you power and disrupting that system means it might disrupt your income it might disrupt your status it might disrupt your power and it takes real people of consequence to have the the gumption and the wherewithal to do something of that nature. And clearly the people involved here aren't those people as a means of wrapping this up with like a joke of some sorts. So the president of hockey Canada is named Steve Smith. And in uh, the, is he the angry former Carolina Panthers wideout? Uh, no, the uh, school that I work for, I do a lot of work in fraud prevention mm-hmm. for the school, and I do a lot of the work there. And we recently had somebody named Steve Smith apply, and they said they lived in like Klamath Falls, Oregon, mm-hmm. but their IP was from Bangladesh. And I was like, 
you're fraud. And then I read this a bunch of articles about this. And I was like, Steve Smith is fraud. <laughs> I know you, Steve Smith. You applied to my college and you're fraud and you're you are- Bangladeshi. My other joke would be, you really showed that furnace that you were pointing at. Yeah. Yeah. We're again, we're in the basement and I am just like, I, there's a mirror there that I can't really see myself in. So it was like almost <laughs> like I was pointing and I can't see Evan in it either. Very strangely. That um, it's mirror like, is twisted as fuck. You don't really yeah. want, you don't really want to see yourself in it. It's like a <laughs> fun. House. Hall, yeah. Fun house. Hall of mirrors. Uh, maybe I like, will finally look attractive. <laughs> um, I'll finally fit the name of my podcast. You might look, as tall as Dano Chara. I was going to say, speaking of attractive. <laughs> speaking of attractive and also the basement, Zdeno Chara has officially retired. Class act, huge person. That man couldn't fit in this basement. He really could not. But what I love is that he's the last active player to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs in the second round of the playoffs. Zing. You can't say enough about Zidane Chara as a player, honestly. No. What an incredible specimen of human. Like, right. So big that he shouldn't be able to move. Could be an NBA center. Could have scared the Lilliputians. Like, right. He's a giant man who shouldn't have been nearly as coordinated as he was and is, but put together a like 20 something year hockey career where he was for a number of years, one of the most feared and most dominant defenders in the NHL. Um, you did not want to go within one eight foot sticks length of Zidane Ochara. <laughs> he would, he would punch your face just to show you that he could, but also didn't do it as much as he could just Mm -hmm. because there was just this known fear of him (laughs) because like, there's no way to stand up to him. Large men were pummeled by, unless you're Nathan Gerby, you could just skate between his legs (laughs) with your stick up and like clip him (laughs) in the bones. Uh, Happy trails, Zidane Chara. I know the last couple of years you haven't been, you know, at full Zidane Chara strength. You still managed to beat the shit out of like three guys this past season. Yeah, he gave it a um, good go, but he didn't have it at the last couple of years. It doesn't at all diminish a career of achievements. Oh, for absolutely not. Somebody who just put on year after year of a good shift. So. First ballot Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Definitely. Congratulations yeah. to him for a long and illustrious career and a sigh of relief from every other player in the nhl that, well i think we're gonna hang up our skates for tonight yeah uh which is easy because the roof is right there thank you everybody for listening we are as always thrilled that anybody finds us on our little corner of the hockey podcast universe thank you so much for taking your time out to listen to us and uh, as always a little bit of feedback or a lot of bit of feedback is always appreciated so get in touch with us even if it's just like some hate mail like we, we could take some just decent hate mail if you're one of the people that evan picks a fight with on twitter <laughs> uh reach out i'm sure you have something really wonderful to say about you know abortion or uh the state of uh human rights in this country (laughs) me allegedly being a racist yeah yeah that's (laughs) my 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 partner here evan uh you know yeah sorry i i i I like to at evan stravers on insta or on on, uh twitter if you're looking to pick a fight come at me bro i do not have twitter uh um because i refrain from such nonsense however if you want to find the podcast anywhere on the internet 
And I'll just point out that I put this on here ahead of time this week. Mm-hmm. I was uh, impressed. Yeah, that's that's my major contribution to this week. Um, you can find us all over the internet at handsomehockey.com, Handsome Hockey Podcast on Instagram, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter, or handsomehockeypod at gmail.com. We also have a sometimes updated Handsome Hockey Facebook page. Uh, yeah, I should probably update that again. Uh, it's. I mean, we could get to it eventually. I think. I think that's my job, actually. I might have posted on it last time. <laughs> We've kind of come to like, who's your job, or what? What's your job? Yeah. Parts of Who the is podcast. your daddy, and what does he do? Uh, well, my dad's a lawyer, and so I, I, I get out of everything. Art. Everything that bad that I do. So, anyways, uh, thank you, everybody, so much, and as always, stay handsome, everybody. Restez beau, tout le monde.